Today we explore the vagus nerve, mythology, and cosmology for powerful individual and group healing. Hi, it's Cheryl Sitz here with another episode of Exploring Possibilities, broadcasting our entire library of shows through journeyofpossibilities.com and also on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, now Castbox FM, and YouTube slash Cheryl Sitz. And we'll be right with Melanie Weller, medical visionary, in just a moment. So this week, I recorded a couple of brief 15-minute interviews for a client of mine, and she wanted to put media, interactive media like that on her website to let people know more information about what she does. I thought that was a brilliant idea. We could do that for our listeners. What else can we do for our listeners, Mario? Well, that's the beautiful thing about who we are. It's like we actually have the capability to put you on the internet in every way. I mean, we can put you on Instagram, we can put you on Facebook, we can put you on YouTube. And give you some pointers of how to do it. I had somebody the other day say, well, I've never done a YouTube live. I don't know how to do it. We can teach them that. Yes, definitely. That's one of the things that because we, the way you and I work, we like to empower everybody. So rather than them relying on us, I mean, we can do that for them for the few, first few ones, but we really want you to take charge of it and you can see what all is involved. We do it with our energy work, we do it with our coaching, and we do it with our online skills. We empower you to reach more people and make a bigger difference. Contact us, CherylSitz.com and MarioRosales.com. Melanie Weller has been helping clients and groups translate and heal pain for over 25 years. She has a unique blend of technical skills, intuition, and she blends in the vagus nerve, mythology, cosmology, It's really fascinating. All of this comes together to create ways that we can understand and transform how our bodies express physical narratives. Melanie is a physical therapist, board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist, certified athletic trainer, certified exercise expert for aging adults, and a medical intuitive. You can find out more about her online and find her services at MelanieWeller.com. And she joins me now. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Cheryl. So good to connect in this way after having worked together. Thank you for making time for this. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, it's not often that I meet people who have services that are so unique that I'm like, wow, I haven't encountered this before, but you did that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's refreshing. So I have to ask, you really do blend science with spirituality. And I'm curious for you personally, which one showed up first and how did it all come together? Well, the, the science for sure showed up first, just because I, you know, I went to physical therapy school in my early to mid twenties, and so I came out, you know, I came out of the medical model. And I will say that I had a very progressive education at the University of Southern California, which really did set me up to be able to, I think, hold this bigger piece of information, you know, or to integrate more information because we really had a huge emphasis on looking at people head to toe and, you know, and really treating the whole body and treating your neurological patients with your orthopedic techniques and using your neurological techniques on your orthopedic patients. And so I had a very integrated education as far as that goes. It evolved for me in terms of when I started my own practice after moving to New Orleans and branding myself as a stress management expert. I had some formal training through some cranial courses and osteopathic type courses that I had taken over the years in decompressing the vagus nerve at the base of the skull. But what evolved for me in having my own practice and my own space to work in and not being in a busy clinic where there's lots of other things going on is that 
pieces of the way that I practice and help patients that I always thought were my logic, I realized were much more intuitive. And for years, like really my gift has been in helping people understand the spiritual underpinnings of their physical dysfunction. And in evolving that and, you know, getting, you know, through my early 40s, then going through sort of the proverbial midlife crisis or midlife spiritual <laughs> awakening, I ended up delving into astrology for my own edification and just doing a variety of reading. And what really made it click for me was reading Graham Hancock's book, Fingerprints of the Gods. Yeah. And in it, he talks about how all of the numbers of the Earth's processional cycle, how it rotates and tilts over time, are in the myth of Isis and Osiris. And that there are other major myths from other cultures that have the same numbers in them. And there's a man, he's passed away now, but his name was Giorgio de Santillana, and he was the head of the history of science at MIT. And his life's work was how mythology was a mode of transmitting scientific information. It is. And I've really learned that working with you. Like I never made that connection. I realized that there are layers and generations and decades and hundreds of years of stories, but you really weave it all together into a consistent thread beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. Well, when I first read that piece, my physical therapy brain, because I do a lot of measuring angles <laughs> in my practice, you know, the earth is currently at a 23 and a half degree tilt. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's 23 and a half degrees from the midline. So I pulled out my anatomy books and started measuring. And the opening at the base of your skull where your vagus nerve exits is 23 and a half degrees from the op center of the opening where your spinal cord comes out. And many practitioners that use this technique and, you know, or have a technique for that opening, it's called the jugular foramen, would tell you that it, it's very often just like putting somebody back on their axis. You can get really profound responses with it. So I was just, I've been really fascinated at just, you know, how mathematically <laughs> the cosmos shows up. And certainly, you know, in the way that our DNA is helical and our solar system spirals in a helical pattern, there are, you know, there's definitely some comparative anatomy between the cosmos and our human bodies. Absolutely. And you break it down bit by bit and show that, which I love in your work that you do with groups and, and in your individual work. Well, let's just backtrack a little bit because not everybody who listens is sciencey, and I can kind of represent more of the spiritual lean. So some of that sure. science I get lost in. Talk to me a little bit about why the vagus nerve. I'm hearing more and more about the vagus nerve. What's the big deal and why is that central to the work that you do? Well, to me, the vagus nerve anecdotally is kind of like the mycelium network of the earth. It connects everything. And as a stress management expert, it was central to my practice because your vagus nerve is your big stress and pleasure mediating pathway. It's your 10th cranial nerve. It comes out of your brainstem. So it's outside of your spinal cord. And the easiest way to think about it is when we get stressed and we get a lump in our throat and our hearts race, our palms sweat and we get constipation or di diarrhea, those are all vagus nerve-mediated functions. And it all happens because those stress responses happen because our vagus nerve gets dialed down. Beyond that, your vagus nerve does incredible things. It's involved in, you can't absorb vitamin B12 without your vagus nerve. In women, it goes into the cervix and clitoris. In the research, women with complete spinal cord injuries can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation. In 
some of the research, they will put an electrical stimulator on the vagus nerve, usually in the neck, just because that's easier, the easiest place to access. And in that research, they find that vagus nerve stimulation reverses the mitochondrial damage that's associated with ischemic heart disease, with like with heart disease from lack of blood flow. It reverses insulin resistance in diabetics. Um, how well your vagus nerve functions determines how long you will live with pancreatic cancer. And there's just like the research never ceases to amaze me what comes out. Yeah. And how, you know, it brings the most obvious thing to light in a beautiful way, which is it's all connected. We live in a society now where we go to the doctor and they want to treat this thing or they may treat that thing. And it's about the whole thing, right? Because our body's a system and that the way the spinal cord works and the way the vagus nerve works seems to bring that right back home to us. Like you can't affect this without that, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And if you can imagine that, you know, you have this nerve that's coming out of your brainstem and going all the way down into your digestive system and your pelvis, that there are places along the way where it can get pinched. Mm. And we know scientifically that trauma always affects your voice and your breath and your vocal cords and your diaphragm are horizontal muscles but so are your your pelvic floor is a set of horizontal muscles and you have a series of structures called your thoracic inlet that create essentially a horizontal set of structures through your shoulders area and your the base of your skull is a horizontal area and so trauma really locks down our horizontal structures And then our vertical structures, our arteries, veins, and nerves don't have as much freedom to move through them. And so I look at the vagus nerve like a pinched nerve and have a series of exercises and techniques that I do with people both in person and remotely online to free that space up. And they work. I'm amazed at how they work. So I've been in your group and I'm glad that I've gotten to participate because I can speak to this firsthand. So you have a group that meets weekly that people can subscribe to this group meetup, right? And and you do these online through Zoom and we start with a meditation and then you teach us about a specific area of the body and you kind of unpack all of this mythology and cosmology and how it's showing up in our body. And then you walk us through these very simple seeming exercises that have profound results in opening different areas of our body for that flow to restore. And then you wrap it up with a a group meditation and healing. And I'm amazed that I can sit there with you for a half hour and walk away feeling so much better with these simple activities. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. It's, I think that often we make healing way too hard. And sort of the, the challenge that I have always given myself with patients because for most of my, the vast majority of my career, I have not seen the easiest patients. I've seen the people that have been around the block many times and have not (laughs) responded or not gotten the results that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And so the game I play is what one thing can I do that makes five or 10 or 20 other things better? Yeah. You know, that kind of unravels that whole thing. And what I've learned is that one, the vagus nerve really does that because it uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles do. So you get these beautiful neuromuscular changes when you you free up your vagus nerve. And two, I think that my theory is that this archetypal healing, because it's so coded into the stars and into our whole human experience. And, you know, these myths have lasted for centuries and centuries and eons, you know, that it's like, to me, it's like speaking to the body in its original language. 
Yeah, I can agree with that. You were like, like you frequently say, as above, so below. So there's these myths that are based on the cosmos and the layout of the stars and, and all of this. We've invented all these stories throughout the ages. And then you show us where those exact same designs are in our body and how to work with that. And that's really intriguing to me. Like we've done the Ark of the Covenant and you show how the bone in the head is kind of, you broke down everything in the head to where that shows up in that. That was intriguing. Yeah, it's so, well, it's fascinating to me. And even for the the way that I've, you know, th- this first hit me when I did a few years ago, I did an online um, healing for at the, around the holiday time in December. And I ended up talking a lot about the ventricles of the brain. And I have a favorite picture of the ventricles of the brain. It's a compilation of MRI images to give you a 3D picture of what they look like. And your ventricles in the brain make your cerebral spinal fluid. And when I, and I thought, oh, I'll you know put that on my social media after I had done the online healing. And when I opened it up, I had, this is a set of anatomy books I've had for at least 20 years. And, but I hadn't opened them up in a while. And when I looked at it, I thought, oh my gosh, that looks just like the ram's horns for Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, where's the rest of it? <laughs> and this was shortly after I had connected the 23 and a half degree tilt of the earth to the 23 and a half degree angle of the jugular foramen. And the way your hyoid bone sits on top of your larynx looks just like the symbol for Taurus in your aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo and Taurus rules the throat and Leo rules the heart. So this works all the way through the body, but I'm continually amazed as I unpack other myths, how incredibly specific it all is and how I discover new things as we go along. The session that we did today on the uh, throat and the apososiris bull equating the vocal cords to the scarab beetle just blew my mind. Like that's not anything I had seen anywhere else, but it fit perfectly in the, just from the description of the apis bull to the description of the anatomy of the larynx. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And you can just, (laughs) the intriguing thing is you can just go on and on and on with this. I mean, we're barely fitting this into the half hour because there's so many links (laughs) It, you know, it's, we, it well, is a fractal. Everything's a fractal. It's just a repeating pattern. You know, I think that, you know, that, that it's not really like an either or like were these stories scientific writing or were they, you know, ways to explain, you know, other phenomenon that they were just trying to rationalize when they didn't have other knowledge. I think that you can hold the space for them to be both. Mm-hmm. And it would, you know, from a scientific perspective, you know, most everything's made of carbon and nitrogen and hydrogen and there's you know that you're going to see repeating patterns throughout the universe you know because of the relatively small number of molecules of which things are made right but it really does follow that you know the bull archetype lives in the throat and it also lives in the pelvis and i love that because those are both ends of your vagus nerve that the a woman's reproductive system looks very much like the sacred cow, like the sacred bull. And in Western astrology, you can actually, you know, from the Greek tradition, you can, um, it also looks very much like a scorpion and Scorpio rules the pelvis in astrology. And so, but all of these myths really connect. And when you can, um, I find that patients, when you can get them out of their own story and into a bigger story, they really start to be able to transform because pain and disease at some level 
is one resisting your own expansion in an ever expanding universe. And two, it's an addiction to being right that you're, you know, you're kind of, we, we all get stuck in a particular narrative, <laughs> but when you can tap into these kind of everlasting stories, it can really get you out of your story and into a bigger picture. And it can really take the emotional charge out of the spiritual underpinning that's driving that pain where you can then give the pain or the disease a voice. And that's really what it wants. It wants a voice. I hadn't heard that put that way before. The pain is is our resistance to expanding in an ever-expanding universe. That's really profound. I love that. It's true. I really think so. When that hit me, I live in New Orleans. And several years ago, when they were taking down the Confederate statues, my children went to school. I drove past the Jefferson Davis statue four times a day, taking my children to and from school. And for at least the hours that I drove by, among the protesters that were there, I have never seen so many canes and walkers and wheelchairs and oxygen tanks and motorized scooters and surgical masks and other adaptive equipment outside of a hospital. And it was so incredibly profound to me to see all of these, um, you know, all of this equipment with people that were protesting you know, and, and that's when it really struck me that these, you know, like when you're, they're so attached to something that's very old and literally made of stone or metal, you know, like something, you know, something that, you know, a statue, something that's literally still and does not expand that, you know, you're also resisting your own expansion. And we can do that on no matter what side of the political spectrum or what kind of, you know, belief system we have, we can all be addicted to being right within that and refuse to expand and hold the space for a bigger picture and a bigger belief system. And and you're bringing to light the, the very important point that as we resist these things, that resistance will show up in our bodies because our bodies are it made of our emotions. It, it really does, you know, and especially with the archetypal mythology piece, you know, so in the way that Taurus rules the throat, that we all have an archetypal bull in our throat. And you can treat the, th the bull you know, like literally till the cows come home to be <laughs> punny about it. But when you treat the the bull, when you treat that an energetic bull, you just get these really, you get the structural releases and it, it's just so much more profound than just treating the structural piece. And, you know, there's absolutely, like I use my regular PT skills all the time. I treat the structural piece, pieces of people regularly. But I just find, I find this energetic, this more archetypal piece much more efficient. It's easier to get out of the way of. So when you have me closing my eyes and visualizing the bull in my throat, and, and that was the hyoid bone, right? That was like the horns. Yes. And, and you asked which side in the meditation, which side, was, were, are the horn, what do the horns look like? Are they the same length? I mean, all of that, immediately what manifested was the bull as it would appear to me for the life path that I've been on and how the right side was longer and stronger and it's been fighting for me and the left side was shorter and not as built up. It's easier to get in the story and see what's going on with the body and likewise to then take the scientific application and treat it while visualizing the archetypal stories than it is to actually sit there and do the scientific work and focus on the trauma and this really gets all that out of the way. It, it really does. The, so, and the scientific reason for that is that 
so the difference between acute and, and subacute pain and chronic pain is that chronic pain gets shifted into your limbic system, which is the part of your brain where your emotions are stored. So your chronic pain gets intimately locked in with your emotions and you need an emotional response to get out of that. And as, as humans, we connect much more with story than we do with process. I can technical talk to somebody <laughs> all day long and it's not going to make them super emotional. Right. But if I say that, you know, your tree of life has lost its voice and we have to find it, you know, or that we, you know, when we start talking in metaphor, your bull horns are all upside down or your you know, your lion has a head wound <laughs> that we need to, you know, then we can start really connecting with it. The other reason that I think it works really well, I was inspired to frame from Jean Houston's book, The Passion of Isis and Osiris. So in the Egyptian, old Egyptian language, they only had two tenses. They did not separate out past, present, future. They had a tense for human time and a tense for God's time. And she talks about how, you know, Egyptian culture lasted for, you know, 5,000 years or whatever, you know, a long, long time. And that maybe part of what broke it down was it was breaking away kind of more into human time. And that we also have not only, you know, so we've got human time and eternal time, but we also have this. She calls it the durative realm or, you know, this archetypal time where all of these everlasting stories live. And I think healing takes place outside in general, just takes place outside of human time. When if you think about, um, you know, people that have had spontaneous healings, like, for example, Anita Morjani's story, you know, she, they often include an out of body experience. Yes. And I think that this archetypal healing is really just not quite in. I don't think it's really in human in time, you know, and that's just sort of my, uh, my feeling about it. And, but that's also part of the, I, I think the power that it holds. Absolutely. You know, I've done a lot of the shamanic work and when we're in ceremony and we're healing ourselves, we're healing our family line because it's all happening right now. And we forget Absolutely. that in this linear time clock. So you're saying exactly what we're experiencing too, which is the bot the, the creation of the wound and the unwinding of the wound transcends the time that we believe has unfolded. Absolutely. And if you talk to surgeons and emergency room doctors and like they'll tell you they're in the zone when they're working you know, they're also outside of human time mm -hmm. when they're working. And it's really all the same thing. You know, for me, it was, I, I'm very hardwired for logic. And I love all of my psychic medium, shamanic mystical skills. But it was also important for me to try and systematize this information so that to empower the patient. And so for me, the astrology and mythology and stuff really gives a way to systematize it so that I can bring this into the medical model and to healthcare practitioners and help them really see that they're treating people for their spiritual wounds and to give them just kind of a way to think about it without having to uh, feel like they have to have a whole lot of intuitive skills themselves. I think that there's just a, a particular logic wired into this. I hope that will be a part of your path if it's not already. I love the individual group that you do, which is on Tuesdays. Just to clarify, since we pre-record this show, when, when we mentioned today earlier, it's Tuesday that we're recording this. So the group meets on Tuesdays right now. But I hope that also 
you plan to take this to the medical model. I hope you plan to write this or whatever so that you can present this and they can have a new way to look at how it's all one system. Because I think we've, in, in our desire to become so pinpointed with our amazing medical skills, we do forget that it's all a system and to treat the whole system and that the emotional component is important and all of that. Absolutely. Yes. And definitely, you know, medical continuing education courses and lecturing and all of that. And the book is all in process. I was hoping to have the book out at this point, but it, um, there were some pieces that, that still needed a little more flushing out and, um, but it's absolutely all coming together and I just love sharing it. And with the archetypal healing circle, if you join, there are all the videos that, I've done since I started it in maybe April or May. I've been doing it one to two times a week. So there's a whole series of videos on the vagus nerve and joints of the body. And then we're kind of in the mist right now. So it's an ongoing thing. And if you join, you have access to all of that information from earlier as well. I love what you're up to. And we will definitely put a link to the book when that comes out. Do you have a title yet that you've fallen in love with for the book? I think it's probably going to be Archetypal Healing. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's definitely attention grabbing and intriguing. So I think that's a great title. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today. So what do you have coming up where people can work with you? We mentioned the group and they can find that on your website, right? Yes. And I am just about to launch a multidimensional healing class where you can take yourself and that goes through a lot of this information so that you can with all the Vegas, you can assess and treat yourself. It goes through all the physical assessment techniques, treatment techniques, some myths to consider if you're having issues in this part of the body. And so I've systematized all of that into an online course that you can take and do yourself. I will be teaching bigger courses in groups like throughout the fall. So you just have to check back to my website for those updates. Or if you go to my, my website and click on the button just below the photos at the top that says learn more about the Osiris wound, wound, excuse me, learn more about the Osiris wound. You can sign up for my email list and you will get notified as all of those things happen. Fabulous. And I don't think we got really specific in terms of like, so some of the like instant stuff that I've experienced when I did your group on Tuesdays is as you reach, as you discuss a part of the body and cover a part of the body, we get increased range in motion when we do this work with you. We get, we can literally feel the difference. Like today was the throat and I had like what you mentioned where one side was more um, open than the other and more balanced than the other. And you walk us through how to tell that. And then you do the simple exercises with the group and, and then we test it again. And I haven't done a group with you yet where I didn't get increased range in motion, increased energy in that area, feel more open and expansive in that area of my body. So this stuff you literally in a half hour can open your body up and it doesn't just have to be with the group. You now have a technique that you can do this anytime. So as far as self-healing goes, I, I highly recommend it. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm very... I may be in here. I'm an Aries and maybe inherently a little impatient. (laughs) So I'm always about like, how can we make this happen faster and not only faster, but more easily? Yeah. My profession's not uh, always known for being the most um, gentle and painless place to go. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, but, but I think that there's a way to make it, you know, just to make it easier, like alignment. Our bodies want to be aligned. 
correct. And we just sometimes, you know, but we get in our own way. One of my favorite sayings is from a Andean tribe in South America that um, your future is behind you, propelling you forward, and your past is in front of you, waiting for you to make peace with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we're often just tripping over our past. That's so true. And and our, we do carry our past in our bodies. And that's often where our pain is, right? Is bringing that, not letting well, that absolutely. go. Well, and we know that we, you know, scientifically now we understand that we carry the traumas of our ancestors. And, you know, we're often tripping over our grandmother's wounds or, yeah. you know, grandfather's wounds or whatever. And you don't have to do that. Like they don't have to be your wounds. And it's not, you know, it it can just be so simple and you don't have to intellectualize them so much. And that's the beautiful thing about tapping into the myth and the story is that it can just sort of give you the emotional response and the, um, you know, and you can see yourself in all the different characters. I think when we live a myth, we live both sides of it. Oh yeah. That's a good point. You know, like for example, like I, um, spoke a few months ago at an event where I talked about how I've been living the myth of Isis and Osiris and short version, Osiris's brother chopped him up into a bunch of pieces and Isis went to put him, put him back together. And, you know, I've been both the healer, you know, I've functioned like Isis for my patients, but I've also been that person that's been all chopped up into pieces. Mm -hmm. And as I've healed my patients, like I've gotten so much healing. We all do what we need most to heal ourselves. Right. And it is my greatest joy to be able to do this for people, you know, to be able to take somebody that's had an ongoing issue. And my favorite reaction is when they get up off the table and they're confused about where their pain went because they can't, (laughs) you know, because they've been around, you know, they've they've been to other people and they've had other things going on and they just can't quite um, believe that it was that easy and that, you know, I didn't have to touch them aggressively or anything like that, you know, that my, you know, very gentle, more energetic touch was able to shift it. And then, you know, sometimes what follows that is a little bit of anger for how long it took (laughs) them to get to that point. But, you know, we all have our own, we, we get the intervention when we're ready for it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so much easier to access and release when it's not your own personal pain story that you've been struggling with your whole life when it's a myth. Then it's like, oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. And Os- Osiris really shows us, you know, I think we use these dis- dismemberment metaphors in our language all the time. We say that we feel scattered, that we can't get it together, that we're falling apart, that, that our hearts are broken and our lives get shattered. Mm-hmm. And so this is really integrated into our language. And when we feel that way, that's very often a metaphor for what's happening energetically. And I always ask patients to give me the metaphor for what's like, tell me what it feels like to you, because that really, you know, because then you start to build a story. Yeah. And you start to connect emotionally and it starts to shift really quickly. This is so interesting. I just, I think it's fascinating your approach and how much more available the work is for us and how much easier it is for us. So I just, I commend what you're doing and I'm excited about it and I can't wait to see your book and all of that. Thank you for following your heart into this path. It's fascinating. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I appreciate you taking the time to allow me to share this with a wider audience. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I love to wrap things up by asking my guest if you have a parting thought you'd like to leave us with today. Hmm. I think really 
I will just say that the only real rule that I see that is consistent across people, you know, and I see people who have headaches that because they're locked in their knees or have foot pain because they're locked in their head. And there's all sorts of different patterns that happen, but the rule the one rule that is consistent through everything is as above, so below. Whatever you're seeing externally around you is happening internally within you in some way. And whatever's happening internally within you is happening externally some way. And at the end of the day, we can really only change ourselves. But as you change yourself, the whole world around you changes. Yes. It's magical, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Melanie, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a delight to talk with you and work with you. And I encourage our listeners to check out your work at MelanieWeller.com. And uh, thank you for joining us for the show today. Let me know what you thought. We welcome your feedback and contributions. That all keeps the show going at JourneyOfPossibility.com slash support. Be sure to like us on your favorite podcast platform. That way others can find the show too. We'll see you online at JourneyOfPossibilities.com and on our next episode of Exploring Possibilities.